G'day punters and welcome to Winning Post Preview Podcast for the weekend of Saturday, February 13. I'm John Barker, joining me as usual, Joel Marshall and Dan Nuttall, also of the Winning Post. Well, Joel, things are starting to heat up and we have the second group one of the calendar year this Saturday at Flemington and it's a beauty. The Lightning Stakes, which sees Bivouac and Nature Strip go head to head, but both you and I have gone around them in a race that Black Caviar herself aside has been a bit of a graveyard for favourites uh, in recent years. Yeah, it's a really interesting clash, isn't it? I mean, Bivouac's holding his spot at the, the top of the market, but he's never really been known as a thousand metre sprinter and you're going to expect him to get better with the run and Nature Strip, well, he's proven, a, uh, you know, quite costly and, uh, you know, he's been there for the beating first up in recent preps. So I think it is a race where those top two can get beaten. Um, it's a really interesting race. We've got a couple of Perth sprinters, although one of those has been here for a little while in Fabergino, but we've got the winter bottom winner in Elite Street and we've got a couple of three-year-old fillies. I, I noticed we haven't had a three-year-old filly win the race in a while, Regimental Gell, uh, quite some time ago. So it's a, it is a small field, but it's a really intriguing clash. Yes, indeed. And meanwhile, in Sydney, Daniel, um, the Apollo Stakes, famous as the race that Winks used to kick off her prepara- her uh, autumn preparation in, won it three years out of four, didn't run in it, of course, the other time when Hugh Bowman was suspended. Look, no Winks these days, but, gee, that's a cracking Group 2 field there. Certainly is. Um, it's, it really looks like a Group 1 field on paper, doesn't it? I'm sure many of them will be Group 1 assignments in this preparation. And, yeah, while Chris Waller doesn't have links assembled, he's, um, he's certainly well represented with very elegant, fun star. Toppy Tongue all resuming. Of course, Colding, he was first up, was second up here after a pleasing return in the expressway. So, whilst there's no wings, I think Waller will be hard to beat in the Apollo. And, yeah, what does look like a Group 1 contest, Bucks? Yes, indeed. Well, we will start, though, at Flemington on Saturday, where there are four black-type races, uh, the first three being for the younger horses before we get to the Lightning. And the first of those is race two, the Talindit Stakes, listed event, set weights and penalties, 1,100 metres for the two-year-olds, Joel. I've gone with one of the newcomers here, number eight, Mount Buller. They're usually inside gate down the straight. I'm not overly keen on, but I think these two-year-old races, they do tend to go across to the inside rail, so I think that'll be fine for him. He jumped out quite well in the spring. And they gave him a bit of time. I thought his recent jump out was quite good. It, it was a, a clear win in good time, and I thought at you know, around $15, I was happy to play him each way. I've thrown in the three that are sort of dominating the market and the, I guess are the obvious ones in for the placings. One in Gratiating, who gets the blinkers first time after chasing Enthar first up. Two, Golf of Suez, did start favourite behind General Bow in the Blue Diamond preview and ran pretty well for third. And then number nine, Frost Flowers, who was very good down the straight on debut. Was okay next time out, uh, beaten at odds on, ran well, but I think down the straight um, she may be suited a bit better. So I've gone eight from one, two and nine. Yeah, the same numbers, just a different order. I'm with the three raced um, two-year-olds on top and gradiating first up. Yeah, <clears throat> obviously no match for that Blue Diamond favourite Enter first up, but um, he, his run in itself was very good. Um, really fond of the line last 
600 metres is very good. In for second, I have the nine frost flowers, who I do agree with Joe. I think we'll be better suited back down the straight. It was a dominant win uh, on debut on New, Year's, uh, on New Year's Day, over the 1,000 metres at Flemington. Golf for Suez in next. Uh, two wins Adelaide to kick off the career, and then uh, good behind General Bow last time. And in for fourth, I thought Matt Bull was the best of the first starters. One nine two eight. Uh, yeah, same three race horses for me, chucked in a different first starter. So I went for Golf of Suez to win to beat Ingratiating. Frost Flowers and Gimme Par two one nine and twelve. Across to race five. I believe, at Flemington on Saturday. And that is the TAB Vanity. 1,400 metres, set weights and penalties for three-year-old fillies at Group 3 level. Joel, you're... Uh, oh, no, we uh, go for... Uh, you're going for the Matt Laurie kind of pinch of luck. Yeah, interesting market on this race. Like, you know, personal, obviously, has got that um, that handicap rating where she should be getting a, um, you know, so much more weight to all these horses, and she's, uh, you know, she has got the top weight, but only giving them two and a half or, or three and a half. And I thought she'd open up a bit shorter than she did, but she's she should have come up around six dollars six fifty, which is uh, probably backable. I, I've got her in for second. I've gone for eight per a uh, uh, pinch of luck, as you say, trained by Matt Laurie, did a good job in that first preparation, into Milton Park at Packenham, then went to Sale and won. Uh, beat New Choice, who went on to win a few after that, and then tackled the Edward Manifold. Unfortunately, she drew 16 of 16, and that probably sealed her fate. I thought her first up run in midweek grade was pretty good. She had 61 and a half. She got tightened by the winner. Didn't have a lot of room at a key stage. I think she'll strip fitter for that. And I just thought with the run under the belt, um, she represented a bit of value. To beat one personal, no doubt she'll get better as she gets over a bit further, but she sprinted really well. Uh, sort of in their younger days. Six-star Rel in for third, another of the fillies coming through the distance races in the spring. She didn't go to the Oaks, so she's probably got a little bit of da- a little bit of sharpness sort of in here fresh. She only went to the 2000 twice in the Ethereal and Wakeful and performed okay. And four, Zoo Dancer, coming off a good win at Flemington last time out. Uh, this is a bit tougher, but she's certainly coming along nicely. Eight on top for me from one, six, and four. Yeah, and with personal on top, um, yeah, I think a very backable price. Uh, we know she's she's a winner of the Oaks dif- distance of twenty five hundred meters, but <clears throat> look, she has um, got form over this sort of trip in the in the past. She's pretty versatile. She's been able to be competitive in pretty much all her starts, ranging um, from sort of you know a sprint trip up to the up to the longer distances. So first up, and just the fact that she's well in the weights under the the conditions of the race, um, she's on top for me. I do like to look at the seven, Thunder Peak, who comes out of a three-year-old benchmark 64 midweek race, but um, I thought she was very good late to, to grab the winner there. The runner-up, so the runner-up there, the runner-up has since won at its next start. Um, she did sell wide too, Thunder Peak, in that race, so uh, I thought it was a very good win and better than what the, the slight margin might, the finishing margin might suggest. Um, she's got rock-hard fitness on her side, um, and I think she's ready to peak now. So she's in for second. The third, Zoo Dancer. Um, so up, up here, fourth up, has already won two this preparation. And likewise, like Thunder People, is ready to fire. And in for fourth, I have the three, Vesper Teen. I thought it was a good win at Caulfield last start. Um, a few handy types in behind her. This is a, a tougher task, no doubt. Um, but she's done nothing wrong so far. One, seven, four, and three. 
Yes, same numbers for me as Daniel. Much as I do love tipping the uh, horses that have got the big advantage in set weights and set weights and penalties races on their rating, I just yeah, I just couldn't put personal on top. You'd real, you'd think. Uh, Bigger fish to fry later on. So I actually did put Vespertine on top to beat Personal Zoo Dancer and Thunder Peak 3, 1, 4 and 7. Across to race 7, which is the Colts division of that race, formerly known as the Debonair. It's been the CSA stakes for some time, mind you. And same conditions, 1,400-metre group, three set weights and penalties, three-year-olds. Joel? Tough race. Uh, you can you know, pick seven or eight of these. It's uh, wide open. I am going for a bit of an up-and-comer sort of through different form lines. We didn't see him through the through the big races in the spring. I speak of number 14 here to shock. Lightly raced son of shocking. He got beaten in a maiden on debut, but ran well and then went to a, a midweek 64 at Sandown. Caused a bit of an upset, but won nicely there. First up from a break, he went to Geelong for a class one. And he was just way too good for them. It wasn't much of a field, but he ran good time. He was pressured mid-race and he just kicked away. And, and one ease down by four lengths. He's come up with a wide gate. But he seems pretty versatile. He's come from the back. He's box-seated. He's led. So just hopefully he can get into some sort of a decent spot, find some cover, and I think he'll measure up number 14 to beat two Cherry Tortoni. Like the way he's been trialling, very strongly under a hold a couple of weeks ago, and then just recently, uh, earlier this week, he was asked for a bit more, and he finished off strongly. I think he can perform really well at 1,400 fresh. 11 Grand Slam just seemed crazy odds. I think he's still 40 to 1. 60 to 1, he went up just... Seemed ludicrous for a Caulfield Guineas place getter. Uh, the Cox Plate, um, obviously, just a bridge too far for him. But if you delete that, his form, very good last prep around Asar, Poland, Ole Kirk. So 40s are still uh, silly odds for mine. And six, Brando, the Kiwis. It's always had big wraps on him in New Zealand. He was beaten at odds on in a group one last start, but it was a good effort. He really finished strongly there behind a, a smart filly. And they've put the blinkers first time on him here, first run in Australia, back to 1,400. You've certainly got to keep him safe. I've gone 14, 2, 11, and 6. And with the resuming Camborne on top, um, the Price Kent Junior Stable, of, he impressed me in what he did last preparation. What was his debut campaign? Won his first two pretty easily and then stepped up into the Guineas prelude. Was was quite good there after settling um, second last, rushing over the fourth. The wife comes to the end of the preparation. The Caulfield Guineas, um, well held there. But he's obviously got plenty of ability and plenty of scope to improve. He's been trialling up really well for this. Uh, no match for the, for the speedy Anders in a recent Ge- Geelong heat, but it's obviously not as brilliant. Is that also over a, over a shorter trip? He um, he tracked wide in that heat and, and ran on well and finished off well in the second spot on the pretty light riding there and, and um, beat everything else quite easily in that trial. So <clears throat> I like what Camborne has done and has been doing in readiness for his first up run. He's drawn well, and I think he appeals at an each-way price. The five and next, Moanga. Um, his first up record over 1,400 metres. He's two of two, and he's first up over 1,400 metres here. Um, he was pretty good in a guineas after getting a long way back there. So never really a winning hope on the turn, but he um, he was pretty solid after getting after settling last. <coughs> um, in for third, I got Aim, who comes off a... Uh, Gold Coast Magic Millions Guineas win. Um, pretty impressive there. And in for fourth, I have the one Tagaloa. Looked in need of this trip first up. He kept coming despite the wide run in the small field. Um, and the rise of 400 metres will, will certainly assist. Uh, 13 to beat five, four and one.
Well, just how wide open this race is indicated by the fact that uh, in a 16-horse field, the three of us have come up with nine different horses. Um, I'm with Tagaloa to beat Asar, who uh, third and second respectively in that Manfred Stakes, which down the years has supplied, the Manfred Stakes trifecta has supplied the winner of this race more often than not um, for Tagaloa would just benefit from the extra 200 metres, possibly more than ASAR. They are also the ones that are best treated at the set weights and penalties via their rating. Uh, Moanga, obviously very promising in Cherry Tortoni. In the same category, resuming, so one, nine, five, and two. For me, the big one at Flemington on Saturday is race eight, Black Caviar Lightning, 1,000 metre, group one, standard weight for age worth 750,000 joules. You know, I'm with one of the fillies in September run, just uh, really taken by what she did in the spring. Her three straight wins at Flemington were all very, very good in quick time. They were all quite dominant. Uh, she, you know, if you just look at the jump out she had against Nature Strip and, and, and Swats that the other day, where you, you couldn't be on her because she was tailed off, but obviously just having a quiet look down the straight. She's a very smart filly. Look, the new market might be more her target, at 1,200 metres, but uh, she's going to get the speed here to suit. I mean, Pippi, Fabagino and, and Nature Stripper, I think are going to sort of attack each other up front here. And September Run's really just going to have that last crack at them. And I, she's getting five kilos off them. I think that's enough. So she's on top for me from one Nature Strip. Uh, two Bivouac in for third. Look, he can win. I just thought he was a little bit of a risk. 1,000 metres first up. I think he's short enough. And eight swats that who... Finished second to September run twice in the spring, so I've got to respect her uh, on, on that form line. Seven for me from one, two, and eight. Yeah, Bivouac clearly on top for me. I just what he's been able to do down the straights um, to date has been pretty awesome, really. The the, the VRC Classic win in the spring in the spring where you just toyed with them, uh, excellent field there. Um, his earlier straight track. Win was super impressive. Had it won a long way out, and um, the other one, the only defeat was the was the runner-up effort in the Coolmore as a three-year-old. Um, I think he's the one to beat, and I'm going to be sticking with him based on yeah, what he's done down the straight. So two on top. The seven in next September run. Um, she too has built up an excellent straight track record. I do agree? I think 1200 meters probably more ago, but um, yeah, I like the way. What she's done in the spring so far, and only 53.5 kilos on her back. Nature Strip in next, in for third, in for fourth over Leet Street, the Western Australian visitor. 2713. Same numbers for me, but with Elite Street on top, just thought at the odds could finish over the top. You would think there'd be a fair bit of pace on in this race. There's some uh, real fast horses here. So Elite Street, I thought, um, just might be a bit untapped. Really uh, has a great record overall. Uh, to beat September Run, Nature Strip, and Bivouac, 3, 7, 1, and 2. Elite Street was my value bet, and September Run was Joel's, and Bivouac was Daniel's best. So, Daniel, our, Daniel, you and we've heard about your value bet as well, which is race 7, number 13, Camborne. Joel, yours and my best bets are going up against each other, so you start us off talking about Milton Park, race 6, number 10. Yeah, well, he's the three-year-old that's opted to go against the older horses. Um, speaking to John Maloney last week, he, he identified that um, he would probably run against the older horses over a mile as his guineas lead up with, with Milton Park rather than go to the CS Hayes. And 
But I think he's struck a fairly winnable race. Damien Oliver's been able to stick with him. He drops five kilos off the last win. He's come back in really good order, two from two. Just can make his own luck on speed. I think that's going to be crucial here. I think he's going to be very hard to beat. I certainly respect uh, Skyman, who I know you like, Barks. He was very good first up and getting to the mile will suit. Just um, hoping or sort of thinking that he might be one run away. So I've gone with Milton Park to keep his guinea's hopes alive and be very hard to beat. And as you mentioned, I am with Skyman. That takes care of Flemington on Saturday. Royal Randwick is the venue for Sydney Racing. And the first of our black type events comes up in race four, and that is the Roderick Lodge Triscay Stakes, 1,200-metre Group 3 for Mears, Joel. Yes, six tire for me. The market hasn't missed her. She came up odds on, and I think she'll probably... Um, you know, I think you'll be lucky to even get black figures about her. She's yet to miss the Quinella in seven starts, five wins. She was beaten first up quite comfortably by Snap Dancer, but she quickly improved second up to win very easily last start. She gets in with 53. That's going to help her. I think she's definitely the one to beat. Old mate subpoenaed, who got a good win uh, under the belt last prep, but third up in the Golden Pendant. She'll improve with the run. And as you know, she can often get a bit too far back in her races, which makes it hard. Gate eight's probably not going to help her settle close. So she'll be finishing off strongly. I think that's a good Quinella. A five tricky gal is unbeaten. Three from three first up. Albeit in easier races than this. But I like her second in the hot Danish back in November. Level weights with Savatiano and got within half a length of her. That says she measures right up to this. And two ice baths. She was without luck. Early in her spring preparation, she, of course, did get a, a win on the board and then get nosed out in the Golden Eagle. So she had a really good campaign. She probably should have won a couple more. And she's right in the mix here with a bit of luck. Uh, but six on top from four, five, and two. Yeah, at the price, you just have to have Tricky Gal on top. Um, she's excellent fresh. She's unbeaten fresh, three from three, and and has won two or three over this trip. Yeah, Joel, you referenced that. Hot Danish form, um, Savatiano there. That was an excellent effort. Savatiano's a pretty handy wet track mare, and, and so is this one. She's pretty versatile, tricky girl on all surfaces. She's um, She comes to the fore. Yeah, well over the odds in this. Tayo will be hard to beat the favourite, but just she, is stepping up, or she is stepping up to uh, group level for the first time. Um, there's no doubt she'll she'll handle it, considering what she has done at, um, at her last start and, and throughout her career. But I just thought at the price and with the, with the mare that sort of has exposed to this um, uh, this level before and the, the difference in price, I just thought have, have the five on top of the six. The four and next subpoenaed, um, very classy mare herself and goes well fresh. And they've got the two in next ice, ice bath. Good race, five, six, four. Race six two. at Randwick on Saturday is the Celebrations Southern Cross Stakes, 1,200 metre group three, Joel. I had to be with Roheron here. Went up $7. I thought it was um, well over the odds. He's a real talent, as we know. Just needs to be sort of saved up for that one final burst at them. And from this gate, uh, he can be ridden that way. Jason Collett knows him. He rode him very well on a couple of occasions last year. His Magic Million sprint uh, run was excellent. Came from last at the 400 and, and ran third to Jonker. It was a terrific run. So I'm leaning his way from Mask Crusader. He's obviously got so much hype about him. He didn't have much go right his first two defeats last prep, and then he was 
pretty plain third up. So he really burnt punters, odds on, all three defeats. He gets in here with 53 and a half. He's been trialling well, and he's really got that X factor about him. Three standout, one first up two campaigns ago in the expressway. His fresh run in the spring was good, beaten less than two lengths by Classic Legend. I think he's the other main winning hope. And six, Brave Song, who's been a long time between wins, but he's found some form of late. He's been racing really well down in Melbourne and uh, won't know himself getting down to 53 and a half. So he could be, the, I guess, the blowout hope. Four on top from seven, three and six. Yeah, I really like the four of Heron as well. Um, I thought to snap up some of that early price. Thought he's well over the odds. Um, his two Queensland runs were excellent. Beat the Odyssey, then won again, or then went on to win next start. And then um, after setting the last in that Magic Million sprints at the Gold Coast, um, he was terrific running into third. Um, he'll be with them within striking distance, you would think, barrier three. And um, Wasis is a pretty handy race, just coming up against some classy horses here. Um, he's in form and Ready to pick th- now third up. So <clears throat> keen on Raheron. Uh, I've got the, the six in next Brave Song, who's been good for the each-way punters of late. Uh, he's been running around, running placings at big prices and um, just very consistent horse after sort of maybe losing his way for a little bit there. Um, but he seemed to be back into into some good form. Plummets and weights, 53.5 kilos after carrying some big weights in Melbourne. Um, he's got to be included. Seven Mask Crusader. Well, we just, Still don't know how good he can be. Um, it's only at the seven starts, of course. But the recent trial was promising. And the three and next standout is to include him fresh. Four, six, seven, three. Race seven is the big one at Randwick on Saturday. It is the Yulong Apollo Stakes. 1,400 metres standard. Wait for age. Group two. Tend to face the starter. As we mentioned earlier, high class field, Joel. Indeed, it is a really good lineup. Uh, you know, it's, a, it's probably a Group One lineup. Really, I'm going with the horse that's got the run under the belt. They're, they're all resuming, but one, and that's my tip number one. Colding thought was very good first up in the expressway. He loomed sort of about the 250, and he thought he might have been a, a sneaky hope. But Savatiano held him quite comfortably on the line. Thought it was a very pleasing return. His Sydney form on soft surfaces or better is very hard to fault. Obviously, he's had those few runs down in Melbourne where things haven't gone to plan. And he struck a couple of heavy tracks in the autumn last year. But he's his form on soft or better in Sydney is hard to fault. And I think uh, second up, 1,400, he'll be very hard to beat. From six, very elegant. She's always been a star, but she really went to a new level last prep, didn't she? She won three group ones, 1,400 through to the Caulfield Cup in the 24. The 1,400 win was fresh in the Wink Stakes. It was a very strong win. She came wide with a, a sustained run. That was on soft six. I think if we're working on a good four... I know she won the Turnbull on a good three, but I think 1,400 first up on a good four, just probably a little negative for her. Two, Dreamforce. Well, he's the, you know, really the map horse. He looks to get a pretty comfortable lead here, and which is what he didn't get in the Wink Stakes first up last prep. He just got too much pressure and dropped out. He bounced back to win the tramway at his next start. So he gets should get all favours here. And eight, Funstar. Was a little bit flat first up in the show county behind Roheran and Probabile. Last pair, but that was 1,200. I think 1,400 is more her go fresh. But I'm with one from six, two, and eight. Yeah, with the one as well, I thought he did um, an excellent job first up. Colding, he'll improve that run under his belt. The rise to the rise of the 1,400 metres and the dry track, both in his favour. So in for a, a good preparation, it seems, Colding, and um, hard to 
Joel alluded to, hard to knock his form at Randwick. Five wins from 11 starts. So he's on top of the eight in next fun star. And this mayor, he's super consistent. Um, maybe not as good on the on the big, the Golden Eagle last in the last start, but a, a spring form form prior to that was uh, was pretty good. Without winning, bumped at the Probabil and an Epsom, and then second in the Theo Marks prior to that. Um, she can run a race fresh, and fourteen hundred metres is a good kickoff point. Uh, I've got the six in next, very elegant, um, similar sort of to Fun Star. She can run a race fresh, probably. Improve over a little bit further, but um, she's doing a group one over this trip when first time, first up, last time in, and in for fourth. I got the two during force. Uh, we're in this for a long way. One eight six two. Race eight at Randwick on Saturday sees the appearance of the Iron Away game. Still looking for the first win of the preparation, and this is the TAB Light Finger Stakes, twelve hundred metres, group two set weights for three-year-old fillies, Joel. Yeah, good lineup here. I think there's a handful of fillies that are going to be big odds that can probably take that next step and measure up to a race like this. I've gone with Four Vangelic, who was sort of right on their heels in, you know, probably against the best fillies last prep. She led and and ran some cheeky races in the Furious T Rose and the Flight, and then probably the quick backup uh, first go Caulfield. It just um, yeah, can be a bit too much for her in the thousand guineas. So I think if we forgive that. I thought her recent trial was good. She'll be on speed. She'll give you a great sight. And at around $9, I just thought she was the way to go each way. From one away game, who's got the the runs under the belt. So she'll be pretty fit here for her two runs in Queensland. Both of them were very good without winning. A 13, Nikki's Fling is one of those fillies that are, you know, sort of in that second half of the field that's going to be big odds that I think can take the next step. Thought she was good first up at Canterbury, taking on the older boy. She got a bump on the turn, but she didn't shirk her task. She kept finding the line for third. She wasn't far away in the Reginald Allen behind Forbidden Love in the spring. I think she has got that bit of upside from a good gate. Uh, she doesn't have to get so far back. She's the uh, you know, around 20 to 1. I think you can have a, a couple of dollars on her. And three, Hungry Heart, the other class runner. She was chasing home Dame Giselle and Montefilia in the spring. And again, a bit disappointing in the 1,000 guineas, but uh, we can't mark her off uh, for that run. Four on top for me from one thirteen and 3. Yes. Found it hard to separate my first two picks of those with the match fitness on the board. Away game, um, run down by a really smart one, an isotope first up, and then an excuse offered when third. Last start in the Magic Millions Guineas. Um, presents here third up, um, and both has won both times at the track. So on top of the five thermosphere, I love it each way play on, um, as well as a win bet on away game. Um, it was ex- she was excellent over, I think 1,200 metres, probably not a... Best trip, she rises in, um, I should say it's 1,200 metres rather, but I thought it was an excellent return over at that trip. Um, that was a benchmark 88 against the older horses. Um, second up runs in the past have been, been pretty good. In for third, I have the three hungry heart, um, classy, filly, classy filly resuming, and the nine in for four, one at a big price, sweet reply. Um, she measured up in a sand down guineas, Last start, so I looked home there before chased down to Alibor and then probably should have won at Flemington the start prior. Um, so she's measured up at, at sort of this level before um, and I think she can run a race fresh at, at a big price. One five three nine. All right, we have heard about Daniel's specials at Rambic, which the best was race six, number four, Roe Heron, and value bet race four, number five, Tricky Gal. Uh, Joel, we haven't heard about either of yours, starting with race two, number 12, Headliner. 
Yeah, man, my best bet in the two-year-old race, which can be fraught with danger. But uh, headline, I've got a decent opinion of her. I thought her trials were good leading into the debut. She was rock solid in the market at $5.50. She just got a bit of a bump or a bit of a squeeze coming out of the gates. And I mean, she settled towards the rear. She was in a bit of a hopeless position on the turn. But I, I like the way she got through her gears in the last 200 metres. The winner stay inside was often gone while she was being held up. And I thought she was strong. She's got you know, just under three lengths to make up on stay inside who's her main danger on Saturday. But I think if she can just hold her position a bit better at the start from gate three, she won't get as far back and she'll be very hard to beat. My value is race five, number 13, Pandano. Uh, he was my roughie a couple of weeks ago. There was good support for him. He was 40s into around 15s. And he ran really well. He was 1,200 up to 1,500. That was what I was banking on, the, the extra distance suiting the Dundee or Gelding. And he ran well. A, a very similar race here down in the weights. Good draw. He'll be better for that run under the belt. So I think he's worth another go each way. And a bit of a roughie in the last really interesting runner. I mean, Subadar is going to be hard to beat. But number six, Lena's hero. Looked a real star. Um, going back a few years ago, he won at Sale. And then he went to Sandown and made Mighty Boss look a bit silly there. He got sold to Hong Kong. Mighty Boss, of course, went on to win the Caulfield Guineas. He won a couple of races in Hong Kong, Lena's hero. Interesting now that he's back with Chris Waller. I've liked these two trials. He's come up with a wide gate. So... But it might might be going off a run too soon. But you're going to get twenty six dollars. About a pretty handy horse. I'm happy to have a bit of a throw at the stumps with him. They are racing on the park track at Morfordville in Adelaide on Saturday, Daniel. And your best comes up in the fifth. The Victorian visitor River Twain. Yeah, I like the look of him. Um, he was a pretty comfortable winner first up at Geelong. Held future force. Who's a Handy one um, at bay there. Um, certainly strip fitter from that run. I think the rise to 1,200 metres helps. His best form has sort of come over this trip. Um, he was good in town at Mooney Valley um, at this trip. One free to move, last preparation. Uh, he just doesn't know how to run a poor race. And especially of late, he's really hit his straps. So um, pleasing to see what he did first up on the back of a, a good jump out. And I think he can take the next step here and, and prove too good for this lot. So race five, number one, River Twain, the best. Taking a punt on the value, race four, number two, Fairlight. He was first up over 2,000 metres at Warrnambool. Um, and what is his first start for the, the Peter Hardacre stable? Led them up there and just sort of faded on his run late with 61 kilos on his back. He's drops to drops 58 and a half here. Certainly strips fitter with, for that run. And he's up to 2,400 metres, which is a trip he's won all three of his starts uh, over. He was around some pretty handy types in Sydney last prep. But the form doesn't read all that well on paper. Um, I just think in the, the sort of this, this against the inferior company in Adelaide, with respect, um, uh, at benchmark 68, I think he can certainly be hard to catch in this um, up to the 2,400 metres. So race four, number two, Fairlight, my value. Anything in Adelaide, Joel? Uh, just going against Daniel's best bet a little bit here, I know it'll be hard to beat the number one uh, of Mick Price's River Twain, but number two, Crown Mint. I was too slow to, to get the $11. I think that was snapped up very quickly. I think he's in around $5.50, $6 now, and I still think that's a pretty good price. I was following him in the spring, and he didn't quite um, you know, sort of prove me right, but he ran pretty good races in Melbourne. Only beaten two and a half behind Crosshaven and was held up there at, in the Exford Plate, second up 1,400. He's got a bit of a class edge and he will be very strong late. So I'm going to lean his way. I still think he's valued around that uh, sort of $6 quote.
All righty, Doombin is the venue for Brisbane Racing on Saturday. Daniel, and your best comes up in the seventh, and it is number six, the Tony Gone trained socialising. Yeah, no fancy price or around, around even money, but I think she'll be really hard to beat here. She um, needed to sort of barge into the clear at the 300 or 250 metre mark at Doombin last start, and uh, when she was out, she really picked up beautifully late, chasing down you, make me smile, grabbing that horse right on the line. Uh, that horse then came out to win last weekend quite well. The form stacks up. She's only got the 54 kilos on her back again. And she meets a race here. A few of these are, are non-winners, really, and a couple of the better ones are resuming. So with the right run, Barry, Barry Ford, Jim Boone aboard again. She should get that and uh, prove really hard to beat socialising. Doombin race seven, number six. The value comes up. In race number five, um, but the, the Matt Smith runner, Latina Beauty, who has been racing in Sydney or New South Wales of late, was at Warwick Farm last start. I thought she was sort of off the bit chasing them um, when they were turning for home there, but I thought she, once warm, was really strong late until about the sort of 75-metre mark. She ran up um, the backside of one and, and lost her momentum. She wouldn't have won the race, but certainly would have finished much closer there. Record taking his horses up north um, for a bit of an easier assignment, and I think she, he certainly finds one here with Latina Beauty, uh, well over the odds at around the 20 to, 20 to 1 mark. So happy to have an each way play on her. Race five, number 11. Do you like anything at Just one, uh, so at a bit of a price, uh, you've got to be a bit forgiving. I speak of number 11, Oakfield Missile, in race eight. Her form doesn't look great on paper. Apart from her group three second and the Bell of the Turf two starts ago, and that just highlights her ability. She should have just about won the last two provincial championship finals uh, this year. She's had no luck in both those uh, renewals of the race. This prep just took her a little while to find some form. And as I said, that run at Gosford was very good behind three Ood. Then last time out, missed out at Randwick. She sort of settles back half and relies on some tempo to get into the race. She's drawn quite well. Larry Cassidy to ride. Short at $17. It's a pretty winnable race on her best form. So maybe something each way on Oakfield Missile Race 8, number 11. All righty, Ascot. Back to Ascot for WA Metro Racing on Saturday after the Magic Millions at Pinjarra last week. There are two black-type races. Race 7 is the Cyril Flower, listed event over 1,200 metres. BJ likes the one Caro Carpo to beat Five, Saracino, six, Mervyn, and two, Platoon. In race eight, which is the Challenge Stakes, 1,500 metres for three-year-olds, looks like a match race between Western Empire, number six, and Kiss on All Four Cheeks, number three. Uh, they are possibly both bound for Melbourne after this race. BJ is on the side of Western Empire to beat Kiss on All Four Cheeks from Magical Dream, number four, and so layer number eight and Western Empire is BJ's best for the day. Race eight, number six, his value bet comes up in the last. Race nine, resuming number seven, Charles and Eddie is in fact favourite, but uh, 16 to face the starter. So you can nearly get each way odds about Charles and Eddie earlier in the day at some really uh, big, big races. Joel at Tarapa in New Zealand. Indeed, it's a cracking meeting. We've got a couple of Group 1s. Uh, Melody Bell goes for her 14th Group 1 in the Herbie Dyke Stakes, Race 8. She's odds on. She'll take a bit of beating, but I think Murray Baker might have an ace up his sleeve here in the chosen one. 
I've lent his way at about eight or nine dollars. First up, his uh, last three first up runs have all been really good. I think kicking off at two thousand meters, he might just give the the good mare a bit of a run for her money. Uh, the other group ones are real highlight. The BCD Group Sprint Race Six on the card. We've got Levante, who looks a a budding star with that electric turn of foot that she's got, taking on the proven Group One performer in Avantage. I've lent the way of Levante. I think Travelling Light's a bit of a forgotten horse. She's had a bit of a spell. I thought her first up run behind Levante wasn't bad. So at big odds, you can include her in your multiples. My best for the meeting is race three, number eight, Ever So Clever. Got the cash for us a couple of runs ago, and then last time out, should have just about won again, was just held up for the whole of the straight. Uh, it was a horror watch. If she gets the breaks, I think she can make amends for that and win again. And my value bet is in one of the other features, the Group 2 Phillies Classic. We've got Amarolina here, who's going to be very short, having just been beaten by Aegon, so it's an outstanding form line. I've got a big opinion of number 10, Slave to Love. She beat the older horses last time out. I think she'll relish getting to 2,000 metres. She's a real Oaks player. I think she'll be even better suited when she gets to the 2,400, but I'm going to lean her way to beat Amarolina. And I think Tokarangi will dodge that race and go to the Waikato Guineas. And I think if she does, she can beat the boys in race four at a good each way price there, number 12. Uh, Rickerton is the other meeting in New Zealand on Saturday. My best bet comes up in race four, and it's number five, Seti Smith, whose form was pretty consistent prior to the last run. Had a couple of trips down to up to Trentham, sorry, in the North Island. Recently, the fourth there, two runs back, would be good enough to win this. So definitely give him another chance after he failed at Trentham last time. And the value bet's in the last. Race nine, number 18, Drake Bay. Doesn't have a flash-winning strike rate, but done the bulk of his racing in the North Island. He's been down in the south just for a couple of runs. He ran third, two runs back. Didn't have a lot of luck last start. Worked to the line quite well. This isn't a strong race, and he's always shown a bit of talent, this bloke. I thought from a good gate, he was worth something each way. Race nine, number 18. That wraps up the preview section of the podcast and brings us to uh, put our reputations such as they are on the line with our best $20 bet of the week, as we like to call it, Lazy Lobsters. Yes, well, disappointingly, back to our previous form last week. Uh, the Dynamite Dan's five-match winning streak has come to an end with Miss Penfold and a uh, fairly ordinary selection from me in sort of mercy. Even our guest lobster couldn't get the shorty up in uh, the two-year-old race at Pinjarra. So uh, back to the drawing board, fellas. I am going to kick us off. Look, I was thinking of... Uh, Going, uh, speaking of WA horses, I was going to go with Laver Rod in the last at Flemington, but instead I'm going to go each way Elite Street in the Lightning. So that is Flemington on Saturday. It is a race eight and number three. Our guest lobster this week, Mitch Matheson, is back, had a bit of success uh, earlier in the summer or possibly the late spring. And uh, he is going to Perth. Uh, sorry, uh, Sydney, I should say, for the big one there. And he's with you guys uh, 
in the Apollo race seven, number one, Colding. Joel, yeah, I'll go Sydney as well, and I'll go with the two-year-old headliner. I've got a bit of time for her. I think she'll be hard to beat as long as she can settle a bit closer. So that's race two at Randwick, number 12. Dan, how are you going to bounce back onto that winning list? Yeah, was a bit weak-hearted from me last week. I picked the, the $2 favourite, and then um, she got rolled in the small field. So I've got a, something a bit more meat on its bones. Sydney as well, race six, number four, Roheron, 20 on. Excellent. All right. Well, that leaves us only to remind you to pick up your winning post if you haven't already. Friday in the shops, Thursday, or indeed right now, uh, online, all the form for Friday. Friday night, Saturday and Sunday, plus plenty of great reading, all your favourite columnists, uh, crossword trivia quiz, spot the changes, uh, tweaks through the week, which is always my favourite section to do when uh, Tony Kneebone is away. Yes, I have gone through racing Twitter, so you don't have to. Anyway, do make sure you pick up the winning post. And until next week, we hope you are back plenty of winners, drink plenty of water, and we'll talk to you next week on the Preview Podcast.